Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you as we do each week and ask you to be here in this place with us. And we trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts be your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. One of the things that did not survive COVID-19, along with Indian all-you-can-eat lunch buffets and the public trust in institutions, science, the media, the advice of friends and family, and political figures in all levels of government, one of the other things that didn't survive COVID-19 was my YMCA membership. The Y was closed for long enough that we just got into the habit of exercising at home or by vigorously walking in the neighborhood. And who knew it's a lot more pleasant to get all sweaty and gross in private and then hop into your own shower in a room where the only naked person walking around is you. And now that my kids are a little older and already know how to swim and are playing sports at their school, well, it turns out that I don't miss the YMCA at all. In fact, the YMCA has receded far enough into my past that only two things stand out to me when I think of the Y, and they both actually have to do with our local branch, the local Northeast YMCA. The first thing is that when my kids were little, they had a kiosk there at the Y where a child could write a letter to Santa Claus and get a response. And our YMCA, in the note that whichever employee or volunteer wrote back to my kids, had Santa reminding my children that Jesus was the reason for the season. Awesome. The second thing that I remember clearly about our local YMCA is the Bible verses plastered on giant signs on the walls. Now, that's mostly a uniquely Southern thing, though I know that some of you will contest whether or not Louisville is truly the South. Uh, Let me put it this way. I've been in other YMCAs in other cities, and in terms of whether or not your Y has Bible verses on the walls, Louisville is the South. Now, my favorite sign was hung directly over a water fountain, and it said, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, in which Jesus tells the woman at the well about true and eternal satisfaction in him. And there it hangs, hopefully still, on the wall of our local YMCA. I love it. And it's true. In fact, I'm living proof that it's true. I have drunk from that exact water fountain, and guess what? I got thirsty again. That water fountain and the sign that hangs above it illustrate a profound truth, that we have two potential sources of sustenance, two potential paths to satisfaction. And that's what both of our readings 
are about this morning. Isaiah's prophecy from chapter 55 and the amazing miracle that Jesus performed in the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14. There is, on the one hand, what the world can offer. And then there is Jesus. And only one will satisfy. In Isaiah 55, the prophet chastises the people for continually working and spending money, trying to fill themselves full with things that cannot satisfy them, when true satisfaction is available for free. In fact, the prophet might say, as God's chosen people, true satisfaction is something that they already have. Thus says the Lord through Isaiah, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? We talked last week about status, about how so many of us spend our lives trying to gain status for ourselves. Satisfaction is just the internal version of status. When we seek status, we want to seem like enough to other people. When we seek satisfaction, we seek to be enough to ourselves. We won't be satisfied until we actually are enough. But the problem is the same. There's no end to the quest. There is no enough. There's no satisfaction. I just watched a documentary series about the television show American Gladiators. Now, I know that's probably a niche reference that many people in this room won't get, but I am the exact demographic that that show which was on the air in the early 90s, was aiming at. And the story of two of the gladiators, Laser, played by Jim Starr, and Nitro, played by Dan Clark, is the story of men desperately seeking fulfillment and being unable to find it. These are former athletes and bodybuilders, and they're cast onto a game show in which they get to compete in these crazy physical games against regular human contestants. And in addition to that, in their off hours, they got to be early 90s celebrities with all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll and hairspray that went with that. But neither was satisfied. Neither was fulfilled. No matter how much sex they had, how many drugs they did, or how big their muscles got, there was an emptiness that they just could not fill. They were, in Isaiah's words, spending their money for that which was not bread, and their labor for that which did not satisfy. And we are just like them. I've told you my couch story before, I'm sure, how Aya and I moved into our first house and had such trouble finding a couch that fit in the exact right place with the exact right size in our living room. It's a silly story, but couch hunting is about as close as I come to being an American gladiator. 
And the silliness of the story actually illustrates the foolish places in which we look for peace and fulfillment. Not muscles or sex, the right couch. And so I and I looked and looked and finally found one that was perfect. And I was finally satisfied. It's true. I'm not even exaggerating. I literally on that day thought to myself, now everything will be okay. (laughs) All was right with the world until the next thing, right? After we cleared that hurdle, it was the next thing and so on. Graduation, ordination, job, kids in the right school, trying to achieve success in one thing after another. Right now, it happens to be our roof. Once we get that fixed, everything will be okay. And that's how I live my life, just shifting my gaze forward from one thing to the next, promising myself that after this one more thing, I'll be satisfied. Then it'll be enough. Then I'll be at peace. And there have been a thousand little moments just like that couch moment. Moments where I thought that if I could just accomplish this, I would be satisfied. That everything would be okay. We spend our money and our labor trying to accrue for ourselves the things we think will satisfy us. Affirmation, acclaim, even love, that next promotion, the next level of fame or notoriety, the next stage of influence or power. But it happens with good things too, a comfortable and safe family home, a loving relationship with your spouse, obedient children, a growing church. But like the water from the fountain at the YMCA, that kind of affirmation, that kind of acclaim, that kind of love will always leave us just like laser and nitro, thirsty again. There is only one source of living water, water that wells up to eternal life. It is Jesus Christ. And in him, we are given this fulfillment, this satisfaction for free. In him, we have everything we need. We aren't enough, but he is. In Matthew chapter 14, a great crowd has gathered to hear Jesus preach. It's the end of a long day and they're hungry. And when the disciples come to Jesus and suggest that the people be sent away to find something to eat, Jesus says, no, you feed them. And they replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. The translation there is, we can't do it. This won't satisfy them. It's not enough. And they're right. And this is always the outcome of the world's method. Accruing for yourself will never lead to having enough. But the disciples here are shown a different way. Isaiah would have told them, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread 
and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Jesus puts this same idea much more succinctly. Bring them here to me, is what Jesus says. Bring them here to me. Don't try to go buy or work for what you can get in Jesus for free. Jesus is right there. When the world says, we can't do it, this won't satisfy them, it's not enough, we say, there is Jesus. In and on account of him and him alone, we are satisfied. In our hands, these hands, five loaves and two fish remain five loaves and two fish. And yet we constantly act as though by the sweat of our brow, we can make it enough. If we work hard enough, if we do enough, if we become enough. But it doesn't work. This world isn't enough. It never will be. And yet we constantly act as if it could be spending our money for that which is not bread. And working for that which does not satisfy. We seek the affirmation, acclaim, and love of the world, when true affirmation and true love is standing right in front of us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about it in terms of status. We desperately seek a status of our own when it is in fact God's love in Jesus Christ himself that wins for us the everlasting status of beloved child of Almighty God. It is Jesus' status given to you for free. And just like our quest for status, our quest for affirmation, acclaim, and love can never be satisfied. Our quest for fulfillment will never reach an end. It can be extinguished, though, in Christ. The world's failure to satisfy us leaves us, hands full of five loaves and two fish, leaves us to turn to Jesus. We look and we realize this is not enough. This will not satisfy. And so we turn to Jesus. Jesus is a multiplier. Jesus is a creator. He was present when the world was spoken into existence with a word. And so Jesus provides what the world cannot. When Jesus blesses and breaks the loaves, the food satisfies everyone. Without money, without price, all they had was their hunger. And now, on account of Jesus, they are satisfied. Now we sinners are members of that crowd. We're not just hungry, we are sinful. We are hungry, and like they probably were, we're looking around for something to satisfy our hunger. But because of sin, we look to the world and to ourselves. We are laser and nitro, spending our money for that which is not bread, and our labor for that which cannot satisfy. We do this every day, seeking the affirmation and love that the world cannot give us. In a few minutes, you'll hear our offertory anthem this morning, a song written by John Newton, 
the same man who wrote Amazing Grace. It's called Help My Unbelief. It's all about the good things that we want to do but cannot do until Jesus intervenes. Help my unbelief, the chorus goes. My help must come from thee. We would but cannot feed ourselves, Isaiah and Matthew teach us. Jesus gives the sustenance we need. But this is about something much deeper than hunger. This is about everything. Remember how my new couch made me feel that everything was now okay? That's called justification. We spend our money and our labor attempting to justify ourselves, to make everything okay for ourselves. But this is a goal that we can never reach. We are sinners. We would but cannot save ourselves. But Jesus has come. He has lived. He has died. He has been raised again for you. So what is there for hungry people like us to do? For sinners like us? We admit our hunger. We look in our hands and see that there is only five loaves and there are only two fish and that it is not enough. We confess our sin for the first time or for the hundredth. We admit our tendency, our desperation to feed ourselves, try to try to save ourselves. We admit this for the first time or the hundredth. We confess our reliance on the world's bread and water and seek God to remind us that in Christ Jesus alone, he has already given us everything we could ever need for free. He has done this. It is finished. Come, he says. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. So confess with us in a moment. Hear and believe that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is sufficient for you and your sin. Reaffirm your faith or announce it for the first time in the words of the creed. And then come feast with us. Be satisfied. Because Jesus is enough. His work for you is complete. Eat and drink Christ's body and blood broken and shed for you. The only food and drink that will satisfy you forever. Your hunger and your thirst are all that you need to qualify. Because Jesus is here for you. Come to him and be fulfilled forever. Amen.